On Tech Talks today, we're talking to Alex. He's the co-founder of Atom. We're looking at education and how personalized learning can improve the tutoring of children outside of school and improve tra- uh, transparency for teachers inside of school. Joining me on the show today, my lovely wife, Haley. This is Tech Talks, your usual twice-weekly tech podcast, which over the festive period is once weekly. Hope you enjoy the show. It's very nearly the end of 2019. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound very excited about that at all. There was a proper delayed reaction and a forced woohoo. Sorry. No, no, no. 2020, ready, new decade, bring it on. Yes, well, this decade has had its low points as well as its high points. Yes. 2012, good. Good, very good. 2016, not so good. We got married. We did get married, yes, but most <laughs> that won't mean a lot to most people. Oh, it should. So you're basically saying that I should be aiming this entire segment at my audience of one sitting in front of me? Yes. Okay. Uh, If you can't tell, I'm joined again by my lovely wife, Hayley, uh, due to the festive period. Um, Not only because it's the festive period. Yeah, because everybody else is busy, basically. Well, it is New Year's Eve. This is true. We are recording it prior to it going out. In fact, it's already 2020 in Australia. And many other countries. And many other countries. And people are busily preparing for New Year's Eve uh, here. In the background, you can probably hear my mother-in-law banging around in the kitchen. Um, (laughs) But we're bringing you Tech Talks nonetheless. Um, And today it's all about education. It is. It is. And really, what an interesting listen. And actually, I've kind of had an interesting education myself, Mm -hmm. so I feel like I can kind of understand where he's coming from. An interesting Uh, education? Yeah, well, I went to a Montessori school, Yes. uh, which is all about learning at your own pace, um, learning in a way that you want to. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you didn't want to write stuff down, you could get up and sing a song about what you just learned today. How How did that work for you? Really well. (laughs) (laughs) The singing a song was great. Uh, And then I went to a normal school. Yes. Normal primary school. And they were quite shocked by the fact that I was terrible at reading and writing. um, And was dismissed as very naughty. Mm. And then was found out that I was dyslexic. So it actually really wasn't my fault. All makes sense. It did. Uh, But then I got to high school, uh, age 11. And we did a test called Cat's Tests. And I didn't have any clue how important it was as I sat in that sports hall and I was written off from the age of 11 that they did a projection of what you're supposed to achieve and they left me at that. Well, I think I'm going to jump in here because I think we should go to the interview because it's all kind of this This encapsulates wonderfully why tailor-made learning and AI might be a useful thing. It's so important. And we will probably pick up on the conversation that you're just starting there afterwards. But let's cut to the interview. Um, It's with Alex. He is the co-founder of Atom Learning. Um, So have a listen, and we will be back in about 16 minutes with a few more thoughts. On the podcast today, we are joined by Alex. You're one of the co-founders of, well, actually several companies, but I'll say Atom and then let you explain what each of those brands are in a second. But thank you for coming in and talking to us. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, David. How's your morning going? Yeah, it's been a busy start to the week, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're all on track, so we're good. Now, I have have an idea of who Atom are because I listened to your colleague Flo pitch at uh, an awards at UCL and was immediately struck by the business because of well, if I'm perfectly honest, because my mum was a teacher and I know how frustrated teachers can find the uh, classroom environment and knowing that data and AI can make significant differences to uh, education. But if you could just explain 
what Atom is and the two brands that you've got in the market, that would be really useful. Yeah, sure. So um, Atom Learning at its core is uh, an online fully adaptive teaching and learning platform. We cover English, maths, verbal and non-verbal reasoning, and it's relevant really for any child between the ages of about 8 and 12. So we combine high-quality teacher-made content, and that includes tens of thousands of individually designed questions, video tutorials, um, summary help sheets, uh, with a machine learning algorithm Mm. that keeps children learning at their optimal difficulty level. So Atom Learning is kind of split into two platforms. Um, One is called Atom Prime, which is designed for schools. And uh, we think that's helpful, firstly, because it's free, um, but also because, uh, you know, it radically reduces teacher workload. So they can very quickly use content to create lessons and homework and everything on there is automatically marked. Mm. Um, We think it's helpful for mixed ability groups because of the algorithm. Um, Teachers can set fully adaptive mock tests on the site and they get performance insight into how uh, year groups, um, classes and individuals are performing. Uh, So that's Prime. Mm -hmm. Uh, Atom Nucleus is a separate platform and that kind of acknowledges that no matter how much work teachers set their children to do, there are some parents out there that will want to do more. And Atom Nucleus is designed to put as big a dent in the private tuition market as possible by providing a viable, school-supported, much more cost-effective alternative to a private tutor. When you say school-supported, what, what do you mean by that? So generally what we find is that when a school comes on board uh, with Atom Prime, the school platform, there's um, a very high conversion rate onto our home platform, Atom Nucleus, right. for, the, um, for, the, for those parents and children that want to do more, for example, over the summer holidays. And you can link your Prime and Nucleus accounts. Why 8 to 12? Because yeah. other products that I'm aware of that kind of uh, are working kind of within data and AI and education, they seem to be kind of secondary school all the way through from like 11 to 18. So 8 to 12 is quite a specific time in a child's life, right? How we were able to escape our, our jobs in the city is... Um, through a separate company that we um, started, which uh, was essentially a private tuition company. And we identified key stage two, which is kind of, you know, primary prep school level, um, as the most frenzied kind of part of the education journey, generally speaking. I think, um, you know, how the idea for Atom came about is... Uh, I was talking to a headmaster at at a prep school in central London and he said to me, you know, I'm just fed up with uh, the lack of good resources at the kind of primary and and prep school level, Um, Mm. uh, you know, and I'm also fed up with tuition um, and the kind of frenzy around senior school entry. Uh, He knew that we had a kind of background in technology and we knew from our work in the private tuition industry that this could work if it was done in the right way. So I suppose it's that aspect that you've got kids coming from a number of different primary schools into one secondary school, or I suppose even I I went through the middle school system, which, perfectly frank, is rubbish. (laughs) So I can understand when you say frenzied from that perspective. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's especially, uh, I think senior school entry was our our hook into those very sort of competitive um, prep and primary schools. Mm. Through kind of targeting those schools initially, we've, we've now been able to or, or we're working towards just building a really solid key stage two 
fully adaptive learning and teaching platform. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're only able to do that through the support we've got from those initial schools that, yeah. Now you mentioned your jobs in the city. So your co-founder is Jake. Yes. But neither of you are technologists by background. So so <laughs> what what's the well, journey? Jake likes to think he's a technologist. So Okay, um, fine. So Maybe I'm doing him of, out of it. He he's got a little bit of um but, like he can build a website, but But he worked for a hedge fund. He worked for a hedge fund, yeah. And you know, as soon as we had this idea with Atom, we knew we needed to find the right um sort of CTO to to, to build the technology or mm. to, you know, and that was one of the biggest challenges to start with because you ha- you know, we had that real frustration of knowing that we had a fantastic idea and that there'd be instant demand, but um, we just couldn't find someone with the skill set to build it. And I think Jake was complaining to his mum one weekend uh, and she said something like, oh, you know, didn't uh, that that boy in your year at school, didn't he, he used to build computers or whatever uh and um and jake of course was like oh you know that's a that's a silly idea mum. whatever and then he sort of slept on it and then woke up thought okay i'm actually going to contact this guy because he is an absolute tech you know whiz he was working at bae systems at the time um and you know he's i think he sold his first website when he was about seven years old to the local tennis club um so that you could take bookings and so on um but uh, yeah, somehow we managed to convince him to, to come over to, to Atom. And, you know, since then we've grown the team um, to sort of plus 20 people now, um, you know, a year in. So it's been a steep learning curve for everyone involved. But, but you started this in very uh, traditional uh, marketing means, let's say, because your, your initial business was Pembroke. Yeah. Targeted at private tuition. You said that you went round yeah. and, and literally leafleted houses. <laughs> Which I think is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so, so to, um, before we had the idea for Atom, we needed a way to um, uh, escape the day job. Um, and, you know, I think um, I'd been tutoring through law school to, to help make ends meet. Um, and I uh, clearly the, the agency were taking a massive cut of whatever I was earning. Um, but I started at the... Um, I started my training contract and, you know, I couldn't tutor anymore. I still wanted to, you know, I I had this idea, maybe if we put some flyers through letterboxes, we might get some interest. And um, so I I called up Jake knowing that he was, you know, a bit, I don't know, just likely to say yes to this kind of thing. Um, And on a Sunday afternoon, we just went uh, flyering through posh parts of London, um, uh, putting uh, flyers through letterboxes. We we built a, a simple website um, and and yeah, we, we posted 500 flyers and I remember the next week we got two phone calls and that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're talking about people who are spending, you know, say, I don't know, five, six thousand pounds a year on tuition, that's a great return actually for 60 yeah, yeah. pounds on flyers. Yeah, absolutely. So look, you said you've gone and, and grown to 20 plus people in a year. Yeah. What have been the challenges in that? Because I suppose um, this is your first kind of, role as a, as a CEO co-founder of a tech business right so there's there's got to be stuff that you maybe had envisaged but hadn't quite thought it would be as hard as it has been definitely I think um, that's one interesting thing that I constantly tell the people that we're hiring that you know we're going through this for the first time as well um, and so everyone should um, you know, feel like they can contribute because there's a good chance they know just as much or more than I do about something. Right. Um, I think to start with, 
Sorry to jump in. Do they find that refreshing, or, or I assume that they, the people who join do, but I, I suppose it's double edged. You know, people might want a bit more security, but some people might find that wonderfully open. Yeah, uh, you know, I think we we are one of those companies that wants to be sort of as as kind of radically transparent as possible all right. the time. So it, it's not necessarily for everyone, but I think it suits the the people who can get on board with that whole culture. Really, yeah, you know, really goes down quite well. Um, so we're completely transparent about how the company's doing. Every week we have a company update with everyone. Everyone's involved. To start with, um, the the culture. There's you're not really thinking about that type of thing. Mm. Um, you're it, it's it's more like um, just a reflection of the the founders or whatever. You know that's that's kind of whatever you're like is uh, is going to be the starting culture. But if you leave it like that is probably not a good thing because you know not everyone is like you and not everyone's going to respond necessarily have exactly the same ambitions or whatever um so we have had to start spending significant time thinking about the the type of company we want to build um you know who we want working here um and definitely i think getting the culture right and hiring the right people is by far the most difficult thing and something that I've massively experienced in um, scaling a technology business where, you know, finding great developers is incredibly difficult. I think that's interesting that you say the culture is effectively a reflection of yourself. Um, looking at your LinkedIn, it lists you as co-founder, but it doesn't It doesn't go beyond that. It doesn't say that you're C whatever O. Yeah. Um, if I was to hold a mirror up to myself, there's a lot that I don't like. I am awful at administration and, and other bits and pieces. And if I was to run a company, I'd, I'd kind of really worry about some of those traits. So yeah. did, has that helped inform how you've seen your role develop within the business? Going into business with Jake was, uh, I don't think he's um, particularly interested in what I have to say, and hopefully he doesn't hear this, but I think it was genuinely one of the best you know, decisions that I made because we are polar opposites. Mm. Um, we still, we have the same end goals, um, but we, uh, we have naturally migrated towards different parts of the company. But equally, there's, there's enough crossover for us to have really interesting conversations every day about what we should be doing differently to optimize um, you know different aspects of the business yeah because we're so different we challenge one another um, to think more openly about you know best next steps and when you start to scale a company and lots of opportunities start coming along it's about but you're also under a lot of stress and you, you need to make the right decisions but it's about what is the the, the best right decision and mm. I think that that's been challenging and I'm extremely glad I've got someone to share um, you know that that sort of decision making with now earlier on you mentioned adaptive learning yeah what is adaptive learning because it's not a phrase that if I'm perfectly honest I'm overly familiar with yeah so um, basically what adaptive learning is um, we have uh, so I said at the start that we've created these tens of thousands of questions mm. uh, every single question um, uh, is reviewed by four content creators including one teacher before it goes live onto the site and it's also graded on a difficulty scale of one to eight okay so and then once it goes live onto the site it's regraded by the pupils that are currently subscribed to the site mm. um, so once a single question's been answered by about 400 plus pupils we accurately know its difficulty level and then it basically slots into the algorithm so what that all means um, essentially is that within minutes of working on our platform 
the algorithm can predict to within 1% the probability that pupil has of answering the next question correctly or incorrectly. Right. So it's then a case of finding, well, what is this child's optimal difficulty level? Like, what percentage chance should he have or she have of answering the next question correctly or incorrectly? And how does that then inform the algorithm to push that student further? Does it just incrementally raise the bar question by question? or? Yeah, so it will gradually get more or less difficult depending on how the pupil's performing on the site. And, and that's the kind of beauty. It's not a sort of one-size-fits-all here. Teachers actually do have the option to configure the difficulty um, and they can also set up groups within classes if there's you know, a very high ability group or an SEN group or something like that. And they could be accessing slightly different content at different levels. But if you've got, you know, we're, we're now into our first multi-academy trust and the, the kind of variety of kind of attainment levels within a class can be massive. So I think the idea that there are always you know, that you can just tick a box and children are going to be learning at their optimal difficulty level is a really powerful thing. So how do you see this expanding? Because you have got these two products. One's in schools, one's yep. private tuition. Or, or uh, automated private tuition. There's no, right. There are no people involved. Okay, so automated private tuition. And you mentioned, uh, it's worth saying, that, that, that you're trying to, to address the, the problem that you see around cost and the standard of private tuition, yep. which I guess is, to a large degree, unregulated. So anyone can... Anyone could say they're a tutor. Absolutely, yeah, that's one of the key problems. Um, so, how do you how do you see this kind of playing out over, say, the next eighteen months with the business as it expands? What, what are your what are your hopes and, and goals? I think while we've been able to push forward very quickly in the prep school sector, so right. I think we will be the kind of dominant key stage two platform in the independent sector before the end of this academic year. We want to have okay. one thousand schools or more on board it by the end of this academic year. Um, and tens of thousands of children using the site. Um, but there is more kind of, I think there's a genuine opportunity to optimize for impact in the state sector. Um, we have a business that is sustaining itself and growing nicely um, just through you know, the in independent sector. So why, and there are no teachers or tutors to pay. So why can't we go to uh, into a multi-academy trust in a deprived area and say to executives, look, can we have a conversation about how we can make sure that every child at your school, including pupils eligible for free school meals and so on, has access to the home platform as well. It's not like mm -hmm. there's a cheater to pay. And we want to, you know, the whole point of this is to try and, uh, to the greatest extent possible, you know, and, and as sort of cliched as it sounds, to democratise education as much as possible, to democratise access to high quality resources. If, if I had a 10-year-old child now and having come from the sort of tuition world, if I had a choice between a, a good tutor and our platform, there's no doubt in my mind that I would go with, you know, our platform plus great teachers is, should be all you need. That's our aim, basically. Look, I think it's a fantastic uh, idea and platform. Um, and I don't, you know, it might be cliched, but democratizing education and resources of education is is no bad thing to aim for. So, look, thank you for coming in and spending some time talking to us uh, about Atom, and good luck for the rest of the year. My pleasure. Thank you very much, David. Okay, so before we went to the interview, you were talking about Montessori and the fact that it was all at your own pace. Yes. And one of the wonderful things it would seem to be about uh, data-driven education is it, it it is again at the kid's own pace, but maybe with a bit more science attached. Exactly. Yeah, so you don't actually get left behind on other things like reading and writing. Yes. But 
my parents invested heavily in my education through a tutor. Right. And with that tutor, I was able to achieve A's in English at GCSE. Right. Without, I would not have got anywhere near... I mean, I was predicted D's and that was the best they could give me. That was even in year 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess with dyslexia, even back then, I mean, I'm in my 30s now. Um, <laughs> so, very old. Um, it just wasn't wasn't recognised and just wasn't very well catered for. No, no one knew what they were doing. I didn't like going to the special room, so I went once and then mm-hmm. just carried on my education as normal. But I got everything from my tutor. Mm-hmm. And that was purely because my mum and dad spent a fortune on it. How did they source the tutor? How did they know? Without shouting into the kitchen, oi Lorraine, how did you find the tutor? <laughs> I think that would be uh, bad audio for the podcast. But, it really would, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, but how, how did they go about sourcing a tutor that they knew would actually be able to deliver? I think they just did a lot of research. He yeah. was a lecturer at um, Salford Uni. Uh, for Big tick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being mean about Salford. No. Um, yes, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, he was a tutor. Fantastic uni. Yeah. Um, he was a lecturer there and um, he did extra he did extra with the tuition to, mm. to make, up the, make up the money. Go on. And without him, I just wouldn't have achieved what I did. I think when you're in a mm. class of 30, it's hard to know what to do with somebody because I had all the right answers in my head but I couldn't get them down on paper. And actually, that's kind of what I'm interested um, with Alex saying. I know that it's learning at people's pace and kind of um, recalculating where the questions should be aimed at. Mm. But actually, how do you know that the answer in the children's head is there, but just not being pulled out of them? Mm. I wonder if that human aspect could be missing. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it, it is that fine balancing act with any of these automated technologies to know the, the the big thing with, with chatbots, slightly off topic, but the big thing with chatbots is getting the handover between automation and human exactly. right and finding the right point. I, I was having a look on their website, some interesting comments from parents here, one from someone whose child goes to Dulwich Prep. The algorithm seems to have worked out my son's ability. He is easily demotivated, so it's really helped his revision working with him, uh, sorry, working with questions at the right level for him. Yeah. Which I thought, like, that's interesting, that echoes what you're saying. Yeah, no, it uh, really does. You, especially if you do have a, a learning um, difficulty, which is, you know, something like um, dyslexia, then it would it would be easy for a child to become demotivated. Yeah, absolutely. It can be the last thing you want to do. Why would you want to constantly do something mm. that you feel you're not good at and that you're not getting any kind of positive response from whenever you are doing that input? And let's face it, disruption in schools normally comes not because a kid is inherently naughty. It's because they're frustrated Yeah, and then they act out. So if you've got a system that quells that frustration, it's only going to lead to a happier learning environment for everybody concerned, I guess. Exactly. And obviously with the other sector that he's got to mm. to the business. Um... So there's Atom Nucleus and Atom Learning. Atom Nucleus is the revision uh, and personalised learning for pupils at home. and Sorry, Atom Prime, rather, which is the teacher platform. So Atom Prime and Atom Nucleus and Atom Learning is obviously the overall umbrella brand. Yeah, exactly. But it's fantastic that they're finding ways for teachers to be spending more time with the children mm. in the classes rather than having to think about, oh, I need to get this marked or what am I going to set for the next day? I just think it's a real positive. And then to have that other yeah. branch that it's taken then to home is great. But at the same time, I know that they're concentrating on eight-year-olds to 12. Mm. 
I think it could, you've got to be careful of the parents that want their children to be, you know, the next genius and then don't have fun in the school holidays because they're, you know, made to do... Talking about fun though, right, to cut in, uh, so this again from another parent, my son challenges his friend every night to see who can score more points. I've never seen him so eager to study, tapping into that gamification idea. Wow. Okay, that's really cool. You're kind of looking like that child might be crazy, but <laughs> but you know what? I when I learned to touch type, I learned on a program where the quicker that you um, were touch typing, the faster the car that you were driving was going in a race. Ooh! And it was quite a good program because the mis- you made mistakes and flies splattered on your windscreen, <laughs> and the faster that you typed correctly, the faster the car went. So I can understand how building gamification into something like this and challenging your friends and whatnot and and then taking studying home is an interesting idea. Yeah, well, I just think that what Alex and his team are doing is is really great. Anything that kind of adds... And also the fact that, you know, a tutor is expensive. My mum and dad, I come from a, you know, a working class family. They, I was very lucky in that the funds that probably could have gone elsewhere and should have gone elsewhere went on me. Is it a, a taste of honey? A touch of honey? What's what Salford working class archetype? <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite that quite, not quite that bad. <laughs> okay, it's a taste of honey, isn't it? It is a taste, a taste of honey. Of honey. Right, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. shame for you. Yeah. Hey, um, I, I come from a working class area of the northeast of England. Yeah, you do, but you're not working class. All right, whatever. <laughs> Carry on. Um, but the fact that they're democratising that and actually trying to level the playing field yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. because a lot of the time you'd go in and a lot of my friends' parents were teachers. Yeah. And you'd know that your friend had done naff all work that week, mm. but their coursework would be fantastic because it was done by their parents. My mum's a teacher. She never, 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 ever did my coursework. No, it went on quite a lot. So actually the fact that these platforms are then giving other children the chance to... Yeah. And it's increased transparency. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, look, I, I think it's amazing. Uh, you know, it's a new decade. Unfortunately, you, you know, go back to the 90s and it was education, education, education. There's still plenty of room for innovation and improvement in this area. Our cat has just jumped onto the table. So I think this is an appropriate moment to end Tech Talks for 2019. Hayley, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure and it's been a pleasure to listen to Tech Talks throughout 2019. Don't lie, you're my wife. Um, And uh, yeah, look, if you have listened to the show in 2019, thank you very much. Have a happy new year and we will speak to you in 2020. 